Six Podcast Free Agency Frenzy Edition. Day one. It's not even free agency, and we're still firing up the podcast. The conductor, he's got a 3.30 a.m. call time at work. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Why are you doing that, Eric? It's just the grind. I guess the grind in my boss has told H- me to. You don't have a choice, right? Everybody's got to watch HQ. we got to make that happen. That's right. HQ is killing it. If you're not doing HQ, you should check that out. The man who's joining us now has done some HQ. Did you do your first HQ hit, John Breach? Hey, I feel like a free agent joining you right now, and I did do my first HQ hit, and I loved it. Nice. It's actually it's kind of fun. Um, the best part about HQ is that you can do – so for those who don't know, CBS Sports HQ is the live streaming channel that we launched. You can check it out on Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, wherever else you might uh, do it, you know, stream your – your items, you can do it from your, your phone, from your laptop at cbssportshq.com. I like to fire up, and you can DVR these segments too, so it's pretty cool. I like to fire up my segments and let my son watch them on the big screen. He wigs out because he's like, what is daddy doing on the TV? Um, so that's exciting. I highly recommend that. And let me say, I totally agree with that real quick. You go out in public, you tell people you work for CBS Sports. They want to see, hey, how do I see your handsome face on video? And now you can pull that stuff up right away, and people get impressed. They do. I think I've made, made like 10 new friends this week. You just walk through the streets of Nashville. John just moved from from Oakland to Nashville recently. John's getting married in um, – I don't have my watch on me, but today's March 12th. That means you're getting married in tw- uh, 20, 32 I- days? Hey, it's 32 days away, and you know what? My bachelor party's this weekend, so like, wow. I'm probably only going to be sober for 48 more hours this week, so that's why we have to get this podcast out of the way now. That's a good call. Where are you going for your bachelor party? I'm guessing Vegas. I'm staying in Nashville, man. Staying in Nashville. I got Risky. a lot of... It gets crazy here. Aren't you worried that... Are you going... Are Because you... you live out in Brentwood, right? Yeah, near there. Are you worried that you will... Are you staying at your house during the bachelor party? I am not staying at my house. I'm not that crazy. You know, you can't just have strippers come to your house. People, <laughs> people see that thing. Uh, no, we rented an Airbnb near downtown Nashville. Okay, cool. Uh, you know what would be amazing? What if it's the same Airbnb that Ryan Wilson is renting for your wedding? What if he, like, he gets there and he's like, it's like scrawled in the, like, in, in the wood outside on the deck. It's like, Breach was here. Um, I'll definitely have to leave him a surprise if that's the case. You should. You can follow John Breach on Twitter at John Breach. Myself, Will Brinson, at Twitter at Will Brinson. Pick Six Pod at Pick Six Pod. It's all very easy to do. Breach, you got firing up a little coffee, got a late night planned with this free agency stuff. I am actually drinking beer. It's Earmuffs by Trophy Brewing. It's an India Pale Lager. That's how you know that we really crossed over into hipster land when you're drinking an India Pale Lager. My kid and my dog have been annoying me all day. It's snowing in Raleigh, North Carolina in friggin' March, John. And, uh, Winter's coming. Got winter. Dude, winter's it's gone. like you. It's like you live in Antarctica. I didn't. Even, it's snowing in March. Where are you? I'm like I'm like six hours east of you. It's insane. Uh, more importantly, let's get down to the down to the business, the news at hand, rather than doing whatever we're doing for the next thirty minutes. What's the biggest storyline from day one of the free agency? Is it the Kirk Cousins? chatter about what teams might be interested in him and his tagging on his website is it drew Brees potentially going somewhere other than new orleans is it the bills trading up into number 12 spot with your Bengals to move back to get cordy glenn or is it in Sue 
likely being released or 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 eased something else. You know what? As crazy as this sounds, I'm going to say that it is the Bills moving up oh. nine spots in the first round. You know, because the Cousins chatter has been happening for a few weeks. Drew Brees definitely surprising. I would put that at 1A. But the fact that the Bills just jumped up nine spots in the first round after trading away, away Tyrod Taylor on Friday, like this team is just going all out and they're clearly trying to get a quarterback. Yeah, I think you're right. And when you look at what they've got, so now that the Bills have made this trade and these trades won't be official until March 14th at 4 p.m. We'll get immediately bombarded with press release emails. But once the Tyrod Taylor deal and they traded Tyrod Taylor to the Browns for number 65 overall, Jason Lock and four and I talked about that uh, on, on the, on the free agency preview pod. And then they traded Cordy Glenn and number 21 overall to the Bengals for number 12 overall. The bills now own number t- the 12th pick overall, the 22nd pick overall, the 53rd pick overall, the 56th pick overall, which they got from the Rams for Sammy Watkins, and number 65 overall. So that's five picks in the first 65 rounds. When you add it up on the trade value chart, it's 2,955 points, which is just 45 points shy of what the number one overall pick is worth. Basically, the Bills can package those picks and move anywhere on the draft board they want. It is not out of the question at all that they could move up to number two with the Giants. Or I think more likely that they could move up to number three with the Colts, draft a quarterback at number three. The prev- the winds are sort of blowing in the direction of the Giants not going quarterback. We think the Browns probably will at one, but maybe the Browns go Barkley at one and the Giants go um, Chubb or Quentin Nelson at two. And then all of a sudden the, the Bills could make a play up and get whatever quarterback they want regardless they're probably going to get their choice of Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Baker, or Baker Mayfield at number three if they make that play up there, and it wouldn't be that expensive. I like what Brandon Bean and, and Sean McDermott are doing, assuming that they have correctly identified a quarterback. Yeah, and the Colts have so many holes. They're just going to be, like, hanging by their phone, hoping that people call to move up, and obviously the Bills are right there. And, and you know, if you're Buffalo, you call up and you say, you know, what do you guys want? We have five picks in the top 65 you just tell us what you want, and we'll make it happen. And, uh, you know, there's no way Indy's going to turn down anything because they just need as many draft picks, high draft picks, as they can get. Yeah, and if you're Indianapolis, I think if you're Indy, you'd be fine sitting at number three and taking Bradley Chubb or Saquon Barkley and pl- or Quentin Nelson even. Plugging one of those guys in with Andrew Luck. You got T.Y. Hilton. You're losing Dante Moncrief. You have some talent on the offensive line. And then you can move forward. But if you can trade down and get number 12, and you're probably still going to get a pretty good player at 12 or at least have an opportunity to get one and get 22. And I think if you do the math, 65 would get it done. So 12, 22, and 65 for number three overall. You're going to come away with three better players. Now, look, in my opinion, I don't know how deep you're, how deep you are in this draft breach, but in my opinion, there are four quarterbacks, maybe five, depending on how you feel about Mason Rudolph, maybe six if you like Lamar Jackson. But there are a lot of quarterbacks, and then there are four blue-chip players, maybe five. I think it's Saquon Barkley, Bradley Chubb, Quentin Nelson, Derwin James, Mika Fitzpatrick. Those five guys are five guys I wouldn't want to take early. The key here is if you go to 12 – and all those quarterbacks start getting taken early, there's a chance you might land one and then somebody screws up and takes Calvin Ridley or um, you know somebody takes another defensive player. You could land one of those blue chip guys at 12 anyway, or you could make a move back up the board. I think it's a smart move for the Colts if they ultimately decide to do it. And if you're the Bills, 
you amassed all this capital by getting rid of the, all the older players. You're sort of in the middle of a rebuild, but you also made the playoffs last year. It's a good time and a good spot to grab a quarterback, and there's only Nathan Peterman uh, really on the depth chart to do it. And, you know, real quick with the Colts, the risk with trading to 12, which is kind of the opposite of what you just said, if you only see five blue chip guys and, say, five quarterbacks, and you're sitting there picking at 12, well, then maybe everyone's gone at that point, and now, you know, the top class of the draft is off the board when you're picking at 12, and if you're the Colts, that would just be a miserable feeling. So that's the risk you take you know, if you trade out of the top 10. Yeah, I mean, the good news is if you're the Colts, you can probably talk yourself into the idea that, okay, somebody's going to take Calvin Ridley in the top 12 picks. I mean, it might not happen, but somebody's probably going to take a wide receiver. Let's say, all right, would you rather have Bradley Chubb and nothing else, or would you rather have Harold Landry, uh, you know, Mike Hughes, and then whoever else you can get at the top of the third round? I think you'd rather have that package of, of multiple players, given, as you pointed out, all the holes they have. Um, a team that probably won't be moving around a bunch in the, in the, in the first round, the New Orleans Saints are playing a dangerous game of chicken here. I, I was trying to tell Lock and Four on the podcast, and look, he's more tied in than I am, clearly, but I was trying to tell him that I don't think the Saints stuff is as cut and dry as people think it is. Like, Drew Brees has gotten dogged by the Saints at every turn in every contract negotiation since he joined them, even though he's a franchise player. And now they just blindly expect him to sign back with the Saints to ignore the, the siren call of Minnesota and $30 million or $29 million. Arizona could get involved. Um, the Jaguars probably can't get involved with the money they gave Bortles, but who knows? Uh, you know, you have, look, maybe the Jets get involved and just offer him $35 million a year for three years. I mean, I think the thing with Brees is, he wants to make as much money as Kirk Cousins does. And on March 14th at 4 p.m. when the new league year begins, $18 million in dead money accelerates onto the Saints cap regardless of where Drew Brees goes. So you have to be really careful, I think, if you're the Saints in playing chicken with Drew Brees. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing, what you just said with the salary cap with the $18 million hitting it on Wednesday is that he holds all the leverage there. He can say, you know what, I'm going to milk this out till Thursday and that screws over the Saints if he just wants to visit with a team that's going to hurt what the Saints can do in free agency so it's unbelievable how much leverage he holds but the other part of this can you imagine if he signs with the Vikings I mean the Saints are less than two months away from suffering like the most heartbreaking loss in NFL history and it was to the Vikings and then he turns around and signs with Minnesota I mean I don't care if he gave New Orleans a Super Bowl title that would be burning every bridge to New Orleans. If there was one way that Drew Brees could go from most popular guy in New Orleans to like having voodoo dolls of him burned on Bourbon Street, <laughs> it is signing with the Vikings. Yeah, but here's the thing. If you're Minnesota, not only would you get Drew Brees, which is an upgrade over Case Keenum, and I think a short-term upgrade over, over, over Kirk Cousins, and you'd have a window of two or three years where you've got Drew friggin' Brees you got some talent on the offensive line that you brought in. You got these running backs in Dalvin Cook. You're going to lose Jared McKinnon, but you got Latavius Murray. You got Diggs. You got Thielen. You got Kyle Rudolph. You got that elite defense. You can make a run multiple years with Drew Brees. He'd be going to an easier division, and you would be sticking one of your chief NFC competitors with an $18 million cap hit while taking away their franchise quarterback. I mean, it's a, if you're, if you're Minnesota, and the same thing applies to Arizona. If you're one of those two teams, and this is sort of what I'm writing my recap in day one about, get greedy. Go after Breeze. Offer him, make him, make him an offer. Worst case scenario. Total worst case scenario. 
if you're the Vikings or the Cardinals, you go out there and give this big money offer to Drew Brees. He says thanks, but no thanks. And you pump up what the Saints have to pay him and take away some of their free agency dollars. So to me, it's a no-brainer. Go out there and make some offers. Well, that's the other thing. If you're the Vikings, let's say you're looking at offering Kirk Cousins somewhere between $28, $30 million per year. You turn around and make that offer to Drew Brees. I think he's going to take it. You know, I don't think the Saints are going to, the Saints are going to get Drew Brees, uh, $30 million this time around. It might be 27, 28. So why not high bomb? Throw as much money as you're going to throw at Cousins plus a few million more. And uh, I think Drew Brees has a tough time saying no. What percent chance do you give Drew Brees of leaving New Orleans? Uh, if you would have asked me this question last Monday, I would have said 10%. Now with free agency two days away and nothing done, I would up that to about 49.8%. Wow. You think it's a coin flip that Drew Brees stays or leaves? I, it's just one of those things where sometimes you get the spidey sense with NFL stories. You know what I mean? Like, you mean, Yeah, yeah. If you do this for like – enough time and you can sort of see the tealings how they're being played out and look tom condon ain't gonna take 25 million tom condon and drew Brees are gonna take 25 million from the saints when like you said they have all the leverage this is the situation where and let's not forget brett Favre played for the vikings and he was a packers legend okay drew Brees can leave Peyton Sean, i mean peyton manning left drew Brees left his first team in the you know to begin with and i think the vikings might have an argument for being closer as a super bowl team than the saints if they add drew Brees. zach streif by the way uh, one, you know, a longtime offensive lineman for the Saints retired today. So that's another guy that the Saints lost there. This, th- it would be unbelievable how this would send them spiraling if they were to lose out on Drew Brees, unless they became the mystery team for Kirk Cousins on Cousins. And we mentioned the rumors continue to flow with, with Kirk Cousins. I found the most interesting thing today, John Breach, to be that the guy who runs Kirk Cousins website <laughs> puts the post up on his website, did the tags you know, you like we you, you don't do them anymore on on RCMS at, at, at CBS Sports. Long this is behind the curtain crap that nobody cares about. But like if you use WordPress or something, you can plug in tags and you can use a, a site setup that allows those tags to be visible, so people can click on them and sort of navigate to the topics that they might want to check out. Well, the problem for Kirk Cousins is he he posted this farewell letter to Washington, and whoever runs his site included the tags Vikings. And the tag Jets in the post, but not Broncos and not Cardinals. There was a bunch of other weird tags in there. It was sort of like he was being too cute. Didn't realize they were posted on the site. Naturally, a bunch of internet nerds scooped them up and posted them on Twitter, myself included. And you have to wonder, did Kirk Cousins reveal to us that he is indeed down to the Jets and Vikings? Yeah, and, and that's the crazy thing. You know, first of all, internet nerds notice everything. I mean, yeah. I think you and I spend 23 hours a day on the internet, especially during free agency, where literally all we're doing is scanning websites for random tags like that, just so we can write about them. <laughs> and that's not something you accidentally do. You don't accidentally put in two teams. Yeah, you know, it's something that someone consciously did. And I don't think that this was some sort of reverse psychology play. This really feels, you know, they got deleted within uh, 30 minutes of going up. So yeah. it, it feels like uh, it has the feeling that the Jets and the Vikings are the two teams, which is what I think Jason, what JLC has been saying this whole time. But it does feel a lot like those are the two teams that are the front runners. Worth noting on the Kirk Cousins front and the Vikings, again, the vice of the it's interesting, too, because how this Breeze and Cousins stuff flows together. The Vikings, by reaching out to Breeze, are 
helping out Breeze get his leverage with the Saints. But by reaching out to Breeze, they're also helping themselves out because they're building up their leverage against Cousins. So Cousins says, well, I'm your only guy. They're like, no, <laughs> we got Breeze on the hook here. And no offense, but he's Drew friggin' Breeze. Um, Wait, real quick with the Drew Breeze thing. The crazy thing with this, if he signs with another team, let's say he signs with the Vikings for $30 million. I think that really hurts Cousins' market. Kirk Cousins can't go in and ask for more money than Drew Brees with a straight face. You know, like, hey, how many Super Bowls have you won? Zero. What have you done? Nothing. Playoff wins. Yeah, exactly. So, like, if Drew Brees were to sign with another team, not the Saints, before Kirk Cousins signs, you know, that's going to cost Cousins several million dollars, I think. I think I think you're probably right. And I'm telling you, man, Drew Brees doesn't want to take less than Cousins. Um, to the point about the uh, the leverage, though, it's interesting because – the other team that would, the other two teams are the Broncos and the Cardinals that would reportedly be interested in, in Cousins that were, Cousins would reportedly be interested in. Like the Vikings, but to a lesser extent, they offer a winning atmosphere and pretty good setup. Now, the Broncos, I think now that they've moved on from, well, they haven't, I don't think, I guess the keep to leave trade is not official, so he's not off the books yet. As of right now, the Broncos have $25.869 million in cap space. The Cardinals have 20.653. Um, Arizona is going to get up 2 million more with Adrian Peterson, 4 million more immediately with Tyron, uh, Tyron Matthew when they likely move on from him, May, 11 million post June 1, but they, they got to wait a while for that. And then I think there's a good chance that they pick up 13 million by moving on from Mike Upati and Jared Valdir, depending, you know, whatever those guys end up doing, whether it's a trade, cut, maybe retirement, they're, they're older veterans. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. So I think you'll see both those teams free up a large chunk of cap space and make offers. And Mike Jericki of 98.7 in Arizona reported that the Cardinals are preparing to make a massive, I think it's 20, I wrote the story so I should know the answer, but I think it's $29 million that they're going to offer Kirk Cousins. Basically, they're going to, and, they're, and they want to chase after Andrew Norwell too. So they say, hey, look, going to get Norwell. We're going to add you, Cousins. You got Larry Fitz. He's still in great shape. You got David Johnson. And we got this defense that's a lot better than people are giving it credit for. Um, $29 million a year is what they want to offer with a five years, $145, $20 million signing bonus, $15 million base salary in the first year, and $90 million guaranteed in the first three years of the deal. It's going to take a lot of movement by Steve Kime, the Cardinals GM, and, and his front office to make this happen. But I think it's doable when you start looking at the numbers and if they can do that, Arizona would be interesting in a division where the Rams are sort of being crowned and people are looking for the 49ers to rise up. Um, any chance that Kirk Cousins – and let's not forget, of course, that his, uh, that his, uh, his, uh, his sister lives, apparently, right? Uh, any chance Kirk Cousins goes to Arizona? Hey, half the reason I started working at CBS is because my job offer was in San Francisco and my sister lived there. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go hang with my sister for a few years because I haven't seen her in so long. So let's not underestimate that factor. It's it's believable. Uh, you know, sister's going to be texting you every day like, oh, I heard you might be able to get a job here. I think you should do it. And, like, who doesn't want their brother who's going to sign a $30 million contract moving closer to home? I mean, that's a, it's a no-brainer. Um, Arizona's kind of nice. Like, Arizona's hot, but it's a dry heat. You can play golf all the time. Um, I think that the Arizona – and, by the way, on that Norwell thing – the Cardinals offensive line coach is the old Panthers offensive line coach who came with Steve Wilkes. So there's familiarity there. They could make a move on that. Steve Kime, a former offensive lineman, maybe he can try and sell Andrew Norwell on that. I mean, you know, just a 
you know, he played guard in college. Maybe he's like, hey, man, I know I know what it's like to be a guard. I'm just reaching here, but something. Hey, let me ask you this. All right, let's say you're Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, the Saints, and the Cardinals all give you the same exact offer. Saints Which team? Or the Broncos. The, are, uh, the Saints, the Vikings, and the Cardinals well, where's, all give you. Where's Drew Brees in this scenario? Drew Brees it signs with uh, – all right, we'll say the Saints and the Cardinals. Signs with Denver. Yeah, he signs with Denver. All right. And Kirk Cousins, how do you rank the Vikings, Saints, and Cardinals as far as free agent destinations mm. for a quarterback? It is, I think I think that you have to rank – you know, I picked the Cardinals to win the Super Bowl last year, so I would feel great. If they were <laughs> um, I think, though, that you have to rank Minnesota number one because of the weapons that they have. Those guys are young. The offensive line isn't great, but it's not fantastic in New Orleans or Arizona either. And the defense is the best part there. Um, New Orleans, going to New Orleans and playing for Sean Payton would be a close second, though, I think. And then I think you could probably Arizona third if the Saints are involved. I would take Arizona over Denver if that was my choice. So I would go Minnesota, New Orleans. I don't know that New Orleans can make the offer if they lose Breeze, but I could be wrong. Minnesota, New Orleans, Arizona. Denver, how would you rank? I mean, I agree, and that's kind of the thing. Let's say the Vikings swoop in and take Drew Brees. All of a sudden, the Saints have to be thinking, well, all right, do we go after Kirk Cousins? And now if I'm Cousins and I'm thinking between the Saints and the Cardinals, I'm like, all right, yeah, my sister lives in Arizona, but the Rams have one of the youngest, most talented teams in the NFL, and I don't want to deal with that for the next four years because uh, of all everything I had to deal with in the NFC East. And, and now suddenly the Saints look a little bit more attractive. I mean, how crazy it would be after all this if Kirk Cousins ended up being quarterback for the Saints next year? And Drew Brees is on the Vikings. It'd be insane. And then they met the NFC title game. It'd be, yeah. There'd be no annoying or there'd be no annoying stories about the NFC title game um, at all. I ultimately think that he's going to end up going to the Vikings because I get that the Jets have all the money, but to me, the chance to win a Super Bowl and I think he has that real chance with Minnesota and that defense and. um I think I, th- I just think that that's the best fit for him. But if Arizona pursues him aggressively in Minnesota, remember Minnesota Mike Zimmer at the at the combine, and all this offseason has been very sort of disparaging of quarterbacks in general. Not only his quarterbacks, but any hypothetical free agent quarterbacks. He doesn't want to blow up the money that they can spend on the defense to get a quarterback when he's seen what they can do uh, with Case Keenan under center. So I wouldn't be stunned if it was Arizona if, if Drew Brees gets a deal done in New Orleans. The Broncos strike quick with Case Keenum, which is a possibility. By the way, the Broncos, we shouldn't count the Broncos out for Drew Brees either, just because of John Elway's ability to, to sway a veteran quarterback. But let's say the Broncos strike quick with Case Keenum and the Saints bring back Drew Brees. And then it's Minnesota versus Arizona and Arizona's offering three million more a year or two million more a year and 15 million more guaranteed. I think you do Arizona. Go hang out with the sister, play some golf. And, uh, and have a shot at the Super Bowl in that division too, because you got Aaron Rodgers in the NFC North. Ain't gonna be easy. And, and you know, with Breeze, this might sound a little crazy, but I do not see him going to Denver. And my thing with him is that he's 39 years old. He's gonna be 40. He does not want to be playing outside if he can play inside. And if you're looking at his options being New Orleans, Minnesota, or Arizona, all those three places are domes. And I think there's a hundred percent chance he will end up with one of those three. I just, I, I, if one of your options is in a dome, I don't see how you're going to play in Denver where it's like 25 degrees 
during the I'll, football season. So I would add that if you're, th- I get that he's he's really rich and it's it's a business, and you know these things happen. He's moved before, but I, I would say this because I'm I'm 36, and I've got a you know I've got one kid. He's got three boys, I think, or maybe four. Um, if I was like if I was a demigod figure in in New Orleans. And I was had had a great house in New Orleans and loved the city and was comfortable in my routine and loved my coaching staff. And I was 39 and I had these kids who were in school and this wife who's got, you know, friends in the city. I don't want to pick them up and move them. I mean, it might even be a situation where if Breeze went somewhere else, they stay there. And I think that would be tough on him because he's a big family guy. So I think that the Saints have a little bit of leverage in that sense, but and that he ultimately ends up signing in New Orleans. But it is it is a weird game of chicken they're playing. Dalton, and maybe – yeah, maybe that's why the deal hasn't gotten done because the Saints are thinking there's no way he's going to uproot his family. They've been here for so long. And, you know, two days from now that could blow up in their face. Indeed. Uh, not playing chicken are the Miami Dolphins. They're just going to flat out cut and Dominican Sue. And I tweeted out today, but our, our buddy Ryan Wilson, who was on this podcast last week, will be on it later this week, tweet, uh, wrote a story when Sue signed – and Sue contract could come back to haunt Dolphins. Well, that didn't take long, John. <laughs> He's already – they got three years out of him. They made the playoffs one time, didn't win a single playoff game, and they're going to have to face – they're going to designate him a post-June 1 cut. They'll get some more salary relief in June, but they're going to be paying the piper on this contract for the next two years, and I get that it was you know, a three-year deal to begin with, and it's two dummy years, but that was just a horrendous signing, and I don't know what the Dolphins are doing. Yeah, when I saw Wilson's story with that headline, that's from 2015. I was having flashbacks to that Astros World Series Sports Illustrated cover from yeah. 2014. Ryan Wilson's clairvoyant uh, with writing stories like that. And, and the thing is, I, I realize they have salary cap problems and they really kind of need to fix it. And this does that by freeing up some money. But how much do you have to not like Ndamukong Su in your locker room to be willing to take a 22 and a half million dollar bath uh, to get him out of there. I mean, that blows my mind. I, that, that Your dead cap, that's like, what, 15% of your cap to cut this guy? I mean, that's mind-blowing. Yeah, it's crazy. And so now the Dolphins in the last, in under a year, have traded Jay Ajayi, traded Jarvis Landry, and they're going to cut Indomitian Sue. I mean, these are the three... Like these are the three best players on your team, and I don't, I don't, I just don't understand what the what the what the Dolphins. What, like, what is the direction of the Dolphins? And this happens every offseason. They make a big splash. Remember, they did this with Mike Wallace. They signed him. It was a huge deal, and then they had to move on from him after a couple of years when it didn't work out. Why don't Why don't they stop doing this and sign guys like Lamar Miller or Olivier Vernon, guys that they drafted, you know, draft and develop these guys, and then reward the guys in your own building rather than you know cutting a bunch of crappy linebackers that you signed three years before and then signing three more crappy linebackers. They're going to cut Lawrence Timmons too. It's, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't seem like they have any direction. I feel like John, that the dolphins are a mortal lock this draft to take a quarterback in the first round. If not at number 11, then because they traded up, because if they do that, it's going to extend the time for Mike Tannenbaum and Adam Gase to be in charge of that organization. And I, I don't think they can look at what they've got right now and say, we're a winning, we're a team that's going to win out of the gate in 2018 unless they go out and get another quarterback. 
Yeah, if you everything you just said, if I had to rank every front office based on decision making, uh, what they've done with the salary cap, what they've done with players over just kind of this past off season, the past twelve months, like the Dolphins would be dead last. That place is a disaster. I don't know why you would want to sign there. You don't even know who their quarterback's going to be. Like, yeah, sure, Ryan Tannehill is coming back, but we still don't know if he's any good because he's like the Andy Dalton in Miami, just completely average. Uh, you know, obviously Jay Cutler probably not going to play. So it, it, nobody knows what's going on there, and every other team in that division is starting to look better. You know, the Jets looked good last season. They're only going to get better. The Bills obviously have a plan, uh, which is way more than we can say for the Dolphins. So that place is just a mystery, and that's not what you want to be two days away from free agency because if I'm a free agent, that's literally the their only selling point right now is that South Beach is down there. Yeah, and that's not – like anybody in 2018, you anybody can, anybody who's a millionaire can get to South Beach quickly, right? Like if you were if you and I were loaded, we could and didn't have I mean, you could do it probably right now. I couldn't. I mean, if I left right now, my wife would murder me. And it's snowing here again, as I mentioned. Um, I'd be like if if I was single and a millionaire and I wanted to go to South Beach, I could get there in like two hours. Eric, conductor, our producer, how long would it take you to get to South Beach, buddy? Twenty two minutes. <laughs> See, he's single and a millionaire, and he knows how long it takes him to get to. One of those South things Beach. is true, right? One, well, well, two of the things you are able to get to South Beach in twenty-two minutes. Yeah, Eric, of course, based in uh, Fort Lauderdale. It, yeah, right. You can, but, but like, it's not hard to get to South Beach. Anybody can go to South Beach. You, you know, so let's, yeah, let's maybe settle down with the uh, with the appeal of South Beach. All right. The Packers, John. This is this is another underrated storyline here, because the Packers are reportedly interested in all three of Jimmy Graham, Sammy Watkins, and Allen Robinson. Although I think the Watkins Robinson stuff is an either or. Like they wouldn't sign both Sammy Watkins, Allen, and Allen Robinson along with Jimmy Graham. It's Jimmy Graham and one of the one of the two receivers. But going after any of those guys will be a drastic drastic departure from what we saw from Ted Thompson. Through many years of free agency, very rarely, I think, Charles Woodson and um, is Martellus Bennett, is he the second biggest free agency signing that Ted Thompson had? I mean, Woodson was a huge one, but Wood- Thompson never went into free agency, did, and, and, his, and his fans hated him for it. And now Brian Guntkust is diving headfirst into free agency by all accounts, willing to spend and put weapons around Aaron Rodgers. Do you like the aggressive, potentially aggressive approach? Oh, definitely. I mean, as long as they don't aren't scorned or like afraid after the whole Martellus Bennett episode from last year. I mean, he basically stole six million dollars from him with that signing bonus and only playing in a few games, and then all the drama in the in the crotch on the way out of town. Yeah, for real. So yeah, you know, and the thing is, Aaron Rodgers hasn't had a great tight end. In like six years, I think Jermichael Finley was the last time and he won, uh, Aaron, you know, he won MVP in 2011, the last time one of his tight ends had a huge season. And since then, you know, they drafted Richard Rodgers in 2014. They signed Jared Cook and then let him go in free agency. Uh, you know, and then Martellus Bennett blew up in the face. So I think they are trying to get more weapons. And if Jimmy Graham went there, this is one of those where I, I think that's a phenomenal fit. It's like, you can do anything you want. You can, he doesn't have to line up at tight end. Sure, he can't run block, but who cares? Because, you know, all you, if he's going there, it's because Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. So I'm not even worried about the fact 
that he's not a great run blocker. I kind of like the idea that they bring in Mike Pettin as the defensive coordinator and they, they try and go out and maybe they, they might go get Muhammad Wilkerson as well. Maybe you draft a guy like Harold Landry who can move around and play uh, as a, as a, you know, standing up or hand in the dirt. You got Josh Jones coming back in the second year, Kevin King developing as a cornerback. You got, you know, try and squeeze some more juice out of guys like Clay Matthews and stuff. You got the pieces there for a defense. You, you, people are going to be thrilled that Dom Capers is gone and you just load up on weapons for Aaron Rodgers. Here's a crazy idea. Give Aaron Rodgers all the weapons and be the highest scoring offense in the league. Now, this could backfire if, if Allen Robinson isn't healthy or Watkins stinks or Jimmy Graham is old and washed or Jordy Nelson doesn't bounce back or they have to cut Randall Cobb. They could backfire, but they got Aaron Rodgers. Why not take the most athletic quarterback of all time, load him up with weapons and see if he can go win a Super Bowl that way? It's silly not to do it. Um, we've seen the Patriots do it in 2007 and they got Wes Welker and Randy Moss. And then they added Gronk later. I mean, go do this with Rodgers while his window is, is still open. I, I, I like the move even though I typically don't like the idea of signing a bunch of guys in free agency. I just think that Graham, because he's 30, I think he's 31 now. And, you know, he, was, he didn't put up big numbers, but had big touchdown numbers last year. I like the threat that he could give the Packers in the red zone. And then I think if you get Allen Robinson on a one year prove it deal and say, look, dude, if you come here and light it up with Aaron Rodgers, you're going to get, you know, Mike Evans money or same thing with Sammy Watkins. You're 24. You don't need a five year deal. Take a one year deal. 14 million, you light it up, you're going to get Mike Evans money too. And so to me, that makes a lot of sense. And it's an attractive destination. Even if it's Green Bay, you have Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, I, I like the aggressive Packers, even if I don't like typically aggressive free agency moves. Yeah. I mean, it blows my mind that they've never tried to do that. Just, you know, surround Aaron Rodgers with weapons and let him outscore everyone. I don't even know what they're trying to do half the time. You know, they've made a lot of questionable decisions over the past few years, and Aaron Rodgers kind of bails them out every time. You know, back in October, uh, Mike McCarthy spent half the the season saying that, hey, Brett Hundley's a good backup quarterback. We can win with Brett Hundley. And then Hundley went out and fell out on his face, and now they're trading for quarterbacks because Hundley was so bad. So it's like, uh, you know, it, it, they're going to sink or swim with Aaron Rodgers, so why not put as many weapons as you can around him? Yeah, I agree. Uh, weapons around Jameis Winston. Last one, we'll get out of here on this. Got any problem with giving Cameron Brate a six-year, $40.8 million deal a year after you drafted O.J. Howard? Is that weird? Hey, you know what? If, if you like him, we were just saying Aaron Rodgers, put the weapons around him. Uh, you want to give Jameis, Wep- Jameis Winston his weapons, you gave it. Some you gave Mike Evans his new deal. Uh, obviously, you like OJ Howard, you like Cameron Bray. Like keep them all. Just keep building offense. You're gonna outscore everyone. You won't be able to afford anyone on defense except for Brank Rhymes. But you have one shutdown corner. That's good. Uh, you know the NFC South is just wide open every year. You never know who's gonna win it. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, and they also of course locked up Mike Evans. I think on you got dumped on this weekend. You were working the Saturday and Sunday shifts, and you were hammered with news. Although not too bad because you picked up a bunch of traffic, I think, right? Hey, it's crazy. But you know what? It wasn't as crazy. I don't know if you remember before all the tampering rules were put in place. All the deals went down the weekend before free agency started. It would be, hey, these guys have agreed to terms. And 80% of the contracts were done the weekend before free agency. And now it's nothing. Well, like um, JLC and I were talking about it. The key thing is that they moved the new league year to a Wednesday. Because sometimes they would do it on a Monday or a Tuesday, 
Right. So the year would open on a Monday. So your 48 hour tampering window was Saturday and Sunday, which is a night. I mean, I mean, it's not that tough a life that we're leading here, writing about football and, and yapping on Skype about football for a living. Um, but it's kind of a pain in the ass. Okay. Like, like having to stay up till midnight on Saturday and watch Twitter in case, in case, uh, you know, Mike Wallace signs with the Dolphins is sort of a pain in the ass. I'm not going to lie about it. And, uh, and as a result, I like what they did. Now I saw that David Cantor, a, an NFL agent, he's a good dude, but he, he tweeted out that the tampering period is nothing but a sham to drive up ratings and drive down prices on players. He might not be wrong, but you know what? The NFL, we, we ran, a, we've been running a live blog all day with these rumors. We're going to run one every day this week. You can check it out on cbssports.com. But that live blog is doing interest because people are at work and they're not able to just sit around and watch NFL Network or watch CBS Sports HQ, which is which you should be watching. And as a result, they're trying to get these rumors. You know, they're trying to stay up to date on these rumors, and it does it. People are interested in this. People people are fascinated by these moves that can be made, and we're only going to see more of them once the tampering period opens up and once the league year opens up, which means we'll only be doing more podcasts. Which means that you should subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, and which means we'll probably have John Breach back. On the podcast. I assume you're amenable to coming back on the show, right? I mean, if I survive my bachelor party, and then I figure once you get married, you have to get your wife's permission. So if she says yes. So if those two things happen, then absolutely. That actually is true. I had to ask my wife, like, is it okay if I go podcast at 7 o'clock? She's like, I guess. Like, well, you know, sort of my job. So I'm going to go podcast. Uh, with that in mind, thanks, John Breach. Thanks to the conductor for taking time out of his busy schedule. He has a 3.30 a.m. wake-up call. Very the best. Uh, Pete Prisco and Jason Lockenford are too good for this show. You know what? Give them a four-star rating. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We will probably be back on Tuesday night, maybe Wednesday morning for another podcast. And to keep these rolling throughout the week, thanks as always for listening. I'm Will Brinson for John Breach. We'll talk to you guys soon.